Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. All right, ladies, I have a really fun guest with us this week, Joe Saxton. You maybe know who she is. If you know the name is familiar to you, maybe you have you know been blessed to attend a women's event that she was the keynote speaker at. Maybe you've read some of her books, listened to her podcast, or you know been able to participate in her leadership courses, and you know how amazing she is, right? Or maybe you don't know who she is. The name is not familiar to you. Trust me, you will want to follow her and get to know her more after this week's episode. I am giving away two copies of her latest book, Ready to Rise. I read this book and it was so impactful in my life that I decided, you know what, I want to put this book in the hands of two lucky women that want more of Joe in their lives, want more of what she has to say. And so I am giving away, like I said, two copies of her book, Ready to Rise. And this is how this is how it's going to work. After, after you listen to the episode, leave a review for the She Connects podcast, take a screenshot of your review, and tag me on the socials along with one thing that you're walking away with from my conversation this week with Joe. You can find me on on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, just my name, Susan Vanden Heuvel. Uh, Facebook or Instagram, it's easy peasy Susan Vanden Heuvel. The giveaway, giveaway starts today, February 3rd, and it is open for one week only until Wednesday, February 10th. Uh, and then we will draw two lucky winners and you're, you will be notified if your name was drawn. So I will include this information at the end of, of this week's uh, podcast episode so you can go ahead and participate in this drawing. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Joe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vanden and I'm so excited to be your host again this week here on the podcast. Uh, if you didn't know, I started a series just after the first of the year here that I, I titled Kingdom Women, and um, I just encourage you to go back a few episodes and hear my heartbeat uh, behind starting that series and just really aligning ourselves with all of who God is and 
who he says that he is and his thoughts toward us about our lives and about our future. And so just really separating anything that we may be aligned with in this world's system and this world's way of doing things. I have the honor of bringing to you just a really special guest this week. Her name is Jo Saxton. Uh, If you are not familiar with her, you're just going to love her. You're going to want to look her up on um, any method that she is available, socials on her website. Definitely want to get a hold of her uh, her books and stay tuned to the end of of this uh, podcast show because I'm going to be giving away copies of her book because it is a game changer. It is definitely a read for you this year. So Joe Saxton, let me just introduce you to her a little bit about Joe. She is a Londoner born to Nigerian immigrants. She's an author, a speaker, a podcast host, and a leadership coach. After founding an initiative supporting women who lead, Jo now coaches leaders around the world through her online development program and advises organizations on how to develop and support women in leadership. Jo has written books on leadership, identity, and legacy, including her book, The Dream of You. Jo is a Minnesotan, fellow Minnesotan. She lives here in Minneapolis with her husband, Chris, and her two daughters. Welcome to the show, Jo. Thank you. It's great to be with you. It's great to do local. It's great yes. to do local. Yes. And we were talking uh, just before I clicked record here. If you are not in Minnesota here in January, it's usually very raw and cold here, but we're enjoying mild temps. So um, we're, we're all about that. So uh, anyway, all right. As uh, the listeners learned in your bio, you've written books on leadership, identity, and legacy. Uh, And your most recent book, Ready to Rise, is what we're going to be talking about today. Why would you say that this is a timely read for women today? Um, I think think there are a number of reasons. I'm, I'm, I'm On one level, I think it's always timely for us as women to think about what it means to step into your God-given calling and influence. I think that's always true. I think we were designed for relationship and for representing um, in wherever we find ourselves and whatever stage of life we're at. However, I think we are at a time when we need people who are looking to preferred futures and possibilities and who I don't think it's enough for us to, to... how can I put it? Let me, let me backtrack. Sometimes for me, vision comes by the things I get irritated by. Do you know know what I mean? It's like someone needs to do something about that. Something that (laughs) something needs to happen. That needs to change. Do you know what I mean? Those socks won't wash themselves that are are sitting by my, the laundry basket uh, or something all the way through to this happening out in the culture and in society needs to shift. And I think that a number of us feel like that about a number of things. And I I think sometimes that pointing finger comes back pointing at us to Mm. say, well, what's God saying to you? And what are you going to do about what God is saying to you in this moment? Mm. That's so good. And and I think that's why I think it's timely at this moment, um, because I don't think anybody would would disagree that we find ourselves in challenging times, earthquake-like shaking, redefining the landscape and our culture times, and we don't know how a way through. 
but we could either put a period after that, I don't know, a way through and say, I don't know what a way through, comma, and then get curious and say, God, how do we, you're in the business of making all things new. How do I partner with you in that? Mm, I love that. And I love that you use the word get curious about, about it. What can God do through me? How can God use me? I love that. In your book, uh, Ready to Rise, you wrote, Jesus redefined how culture understood every woman's potential. He modeled it for his community, in his community, and through his community. Explain how he re- redefined it and modeled that for us. I think the, there are a couple of stories that we see, well, a number of examples that we see from, I think, is it Luke 8, where Joanna, Susanna, and Mary are traveling with the disciples as Jesus is doing his ministry, that they are part of that team and they are in many ways, well, frankly, bankrolling it and in, involved in it. But I, I think the one that, and I think the interactions he has with women were countercultural, whether it is the woman who was found um, caught in the act of adultery, let's face it, she wasn't there by herself. And yet, and yet she was the one who was going to deal with all the consequences until Jesus stepped in through to the woman who had been bleeding for many years and her being publicly restored to community. But I think for me, the, the one that I find most definitive is the story of Martha and Mary um, that we find where, and I think we've often limited that story just to, oh, Martha, you're really busy. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and wasn't that nice and let's all rest. And I'm not saying that's not true and that's not wonderful, but I think if we look into the context of the day, Mary is doing something particularly radical that Jesus publicly affirms that that her sitting at his feet was the posture of a disciple. And we know that discipleship is not just an information download to dis, uh, in in um, the culture and the way Jesus did discipleship, you, you imitated what he did. Um, discipleship was an apprenticeship. It was incarnational. So Mary to be the one, I imagine her is just the only woman in the room doing that. I don't know that she was the only woman in the house because obviously Martha is there, but for her to take that posture. And I wonder, I just wonder how awkward it was whether, whether the guys were just like, uh, why are you here? Um, <laughs> used to it or whether they were like, it, whether they were waiting for Jesus to point something out or somebody or Martha banging and banging around trying to make preparations to hint that this is not how it's supposed to be done. But, and I mean, and, and those are my, just my imaginings as I look at it. But the one thing we do know that Jesus says is that Mary has chosen what was better and won't be taken from her. And I think that is a, that level of him including her, not just into his presence, but also into his purposes. Mm-hmm. I think is a really powerful thing um, that we see. The fact that they're all commissioned, uh, they're all commissioned to, um, to be witnesses. The the fact that they're all included in what he's doing, I think, is just a is a real is a really powerful thing. And a and tell and is is not just cute. I think it's telling us something. Ooh. I think it's telling us something about what it means for us to respond to the call of God in our day. Ah, oh, so good, so good. So knowing that. You know, why, if we see Jesus, how he responded to and added value to women, so we've established that, why, why do you think, in your opinion, women find it so difficult to own their voices and step into what God has planned for them? Yeah, I think they find it hard because sadly, Jesus isn't the only voice speaking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
people are speaking. And so there are lots of voices calling our names. And I think Jesus's voice gets drowned out. I think it gets drowned out by the expectations of a culture, the cultural oughts and shoulds that we all are in. I think Jesus's voice gets drowned out by what we see and what is affirmed and celebrated in front of us. I think, I think, if we don't see people who look like us or are like us doing what what we're modeling it for us then i think it often leaves us with questions about whether it can be done you know and 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 i think it's it's a normal thing now you know it's far more common to see a woman celebrated for her beauty than her mind mm. um that her and and when that is monetized when that is celebrated when that is popularized is it any wonder that we have taken our voice to be valid in a in a clothing size in a particular look in a in whether what our skin looks like and how and and often it's a useful depending on the culture in the world but but in the western world it idolizes youth so it's no wonder that our voices, our voice, you know, about a year or so ago, I physically lost my voice. I, I remember going to my the speech therapist and the, and the ENT and her saying, you know, when you lose your voice, it's not gone anywhere, gone anywhere. It's damaged. It's damaged by trauma. It's damaged by bad practices. It's damaged by dehydration. It's damaged by stress. And she, it's funny. And she asked me, she goes, what happened that month? And I'm, there was some stress that happened in what in my husband's job, and she said, "And that's when you lost it." Do you know what I mean? And it's fascinating, and I and it helped me it helped me understand the parallels when when women lose their voices, it's often not a sense of insecurity; it's damage. Mm-hmm. What's the trauma that's cost you your voice? Was it rejection? Was it you being told you were too much or not enough? What are the where have you had not had access to the resourcing that would hydrate you, that would empower you? Where have what what are the stresses and the pressures and the unhealthy practices? Because those things will all cause you to lose your voice. Oh, that is so good. So I just want to sit there for a moment because I think that quite possibly someone listening today might resonate with that, that, you know, maybe she felt, you know, she was using her voice and then something happened along the road and she maybe knows that, you know, somewhere here I lost my voice and maybe she's able to kind of back it up and recognize this is when it happened. This is how it happened. How, how does she, how does she regain that? And again, I found like the that whole journey because it was a it was a maybe a six month journey for me. I had I had um, a polyp on my on one of my vocal cords or whatever it was, and um, I had to have new habits. I had to learn how to breathe differently. I had to do different exercises. I had to take myself away from particular stresses and strains. I had to work out what I was digesting. Like there are acidic things that can make your voice worse. They let me have coffee, <laughs> but they, but that, it was touch and go. Um, And I think I would ask you, you know, you have to go on a process of healing. If you've damaged something, I had a speech therapist. You might need an actual therapist that has to help you help you unpack the things that have taken and damaged your voice. I had I'd see my speech therapist every week and we'd go through these exercises together and she'd test it out and show me how to project in different ways and breathe in different ways and, and build new habits. And so I, I, I would ask you, if you're in an environment that keeps on damaging your voice, is that a place for you? Do you know what I mean? Is that a way? What what do you need to do about that? I would ask you, what are the stresses? And because otherwise what happens is we medicate it and then, and we kind of get that injection, which makes us feel confident. And then we deflate all the way home. 
Mm-hmm. When actually you need an, an environment which wants to cultivate your voice. I was placed in this environment with this speech therapist and these doctors that wanted to cultivate my voice and bring it back to life. It wasn't going to happen by itself. And I think for that for that woman or any uh, anybody who feels you, I want to ask you what 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 do you have access to that is encouraging you, and what environment are you in, um, and is that environment helping your voice come back to life again? Mm, Wow, that is so good. And so maybe a a woman listening today, I would say, typically, we we're aware that we are losing our voice, or we have lost it somewhere along the road. But for maybe someone that is is just questioning, you know, maybe I have, I don't know. What are, what are some things that would be clear indicators? Would you say, would, would you, would you agree that one of them would be like, she's somehow withdrawing, she's pulling back? I think so. I think if you, if particularly if you feel God's calling you to something and you keep on giving yourselves reasons to not do that, I think, I think you sometimes find your voice loss in the things that you always, you're always a nevers, never going to do that. I'm always like this. Those, those, that might be um, indicators. I think if you are kind of beset by comparing and competing with the people around you, there, there's something in that because maybe you think there's a greater value on what they have than what you already have. Mm. Um, that could be an indicator. And I think if you, if you feel like you can't share your opinions and let the chips fall where they may, now I'm not talking about social skills here. I'm just saying if you are, if you, if the disease to please and to be accepted has and the and the need to be seen as polite is a higher value on the things that you know you believe to be right or wrong or whatever, chances are you lost your voice there. Ah, oh, so good. Those are so good. Uh, so in your chapter titled "A Voice Without Apology." wrote, our voices are more than mere words. Our voices are our God-given identity and purpose in action. Explain that to us. Yeah, and I think it's it's something that I've I've learned when when I, I do a lot of coaching with women leaders and and actually that is often that's been the big one when I say what do you want to get out of this they're like I want to find my voice and they I mean they're talking to you so they know that their voice is intact but what what they're referring to is this that which is in me is not out there it's not there is some there is there is some disconnect between what i feel called to do and how i'm living that and how i'm showing up in the world representing that in my everyday life there is a disconnect between the gifts and the call and the vision and the dreams and the passions and all of these things and my actual practices if i find my voice then those things are reconnected. So when we're talking about our voice, I mean, and the word in the Latin had in its root is connected to the word for vocation as well, mm. for vox and voc and voc. And that's where, you know, as, as words develop where vocation comes from. I think when people are talking about their voice, they're also talking about that sense of call. Mm-hmm. That thing that they are, it's like when people talk about their passions. Now, the things that we're passionate about, we're not necessarily excited about all the time it's just that there is a level of commitment about the thing that we call a passion i mean i think the original phrase is to do with suffering it's the thing you're willing to suffer for because it matters so much to you right you're you're willing to persevere for and i think that's a similar it's a similar word picture Mm -hmm. right right and so what does it look like for a woman to lead unapologetically 
I think there are a couple of components. And I think one, to lead unapologetically means that you are not apologizing for the way the Lord made you. You are agreeing with the way the Lord made you. You know, that you are saying yes to who you are because of whose you are. You're saying Mm -hmm. yes to your gifts. You're not playing them down and calling it humility. You are not silencing yourself and calling it humility and calling it politeness. You are not placing a a higher value on politeness and equity. You are are simply saying it's it's part of your yes to God. It's actually not defiance. It's just saying yes to God. Mm -hmm. I know so many women who start a conversation with sorry. Yes. Yeah. Particularly when they're talking about things that they, dare we say it, feel ambitious about. Yes. Yes. And so would you, would you use the word alignment there? Like we're aligning ourselves with who God says we are, how he designed us. I love the word alignment. I think I I, I really appreciate you saying that because I, I, I think there are two things. There's, there's this agreement, which is that kind of heart kind of like, okay, I give in, I surrender. But I like the word alignment because there's a kind of movement in that. There's a kind of like, okay, it's kind of coming into line because we're going to walk in that direction. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. And I I want to circle back because you use the word humility. Sometimes I think that, and I've seen this so many times over the 18 years of, of being in ministry that I do, I have started sentences or conversations with, I'm sorry, I don't mean this to come out this way or, you know, or whatever, or kind of downplaying gifts that are in me and putting a label of humility on it. So what does that sound like? How would a woman recognize that she's maybe falling into that? Yeah, I think I want to ask, I think, I mean, I think you give a brilliant example. So I think the moments where we say, sorry, where are you playing down your gifts? Because why does God need you to play down your gifts? What does it, what's, what purpose is that serving? And if you realize the purpose it's serving is to make people accept you more or because you're concerned they're going to assume you're arrogant and there's something bad about it, you have to remind yourself, you didn't give yourself your gifts. You didn't create you. You're mm-hmm. not that involved. Do you know what I mean? On, the, on that yeah. part, you, you didn't make this happen. God gave it to you. This is actually about faithfulness. Are you being faithful? Are you, and it's about faithfulness and integrity in the original word of it, that integrated life. Are you being consistent with the way you are wired? Do you know, like um, one of the most miserable films I've ever watched, and I didn't realize it until I was an adult, was Grease back in the in the 70s and all of that. <laughs> and and all of, and and it's that whole story of this girl who is who is sweet and innocent and falls in love with this guy, but doesn't fit in. And then she becomes something else. And it's all cool at the end. And, and I was only like somewhere in my mid to late teens when I'm watching it for the 37,000th time. I thought, hold the phone. I'm like, she messed, she became somebody else. Mm-hmm. And now she's okay. She, and I'm like, and I had this moment where no one was in the room. And I'm like, why are we set? Why are we celebrating this? How is this a good film? <laughs> what is, what is this about? But I think, I think in those moments where we have to become something else because the way God created you wasn't enough, mm-hmm. what, what I think we have to keep on asking ourselves, what are we saying about, what, what does this say? Not in a condemning way. I think as a diagnostic tool, as an analysis, to ask ourselves, what's that about? Yeah. What, what's that? And, and it, we may need to go on a journey about it. It may be because 
people have been envious of us and when we've showed up we've been knocked back it may be because we're scared and it's confusing and it's intimidating and it's and it's sacrificial and it's hard but we have to explore why why we would be content with celebrating not being the way god shaped us and made us to be what are mm-hmm. we compromising mm-hmm. yeah there's an awareness piece there yeah being aware of you know what's going on here uh i for me there's you know just kind of applying the brakes and and asking, susan what is your motive here Totally. And I, I think it's a, it's not a one and done. I think the different seasons of our lives, yeah. I think circumstances, different relationships, the, um, the different, not just the past, but what's happened in the present. The last year alone causes us to come back and look at this again. Yeah. And say, who are we now? Who, who are we becoming? Who have we become? And is it in keeping? We know there is a journey of transformation, like change from glory to glory. That is part of our faith. But that's change from glory to glory, which refers to the felt presence of God, the weightiness of God, not changed by this, that and the other. And so becoming smaller or more distorted or less than who we were designed to be as a result. Mm, yeah, so good. In your book, uh, Ready to Rise, you talk about grit and from one Minnesotan to another, I appreciated and so resonated with the stories that you shared about that. <laughs> Using your words, you said grit makes all of the difference. Explain to, the, explain to us why that is and why it's an important part of our journey. For us, you and I know that, and those of us in colder climes know that grit is the difference of walking or being on your butt. I mean, <laughs> do you mean it really? <laughs> Amen, it's, sister. It, it, it's, it's that it's that stark, isn't it? It's that yeah. stark. That's why we sort our driveways. That's why we sort the path because, you know, I, one of the things we made a habit of as a family in these past few weeks because everything's arriving via delivery right now is to make sure that nobody who's walking along our path falls down. Do you know what I mean? These are people who are essential workers. One of the ways we can serve them is make sure that the pathways are clear, that it is gritted. And I, I think it's that grit. It's a picture for you and I. Here we are. I mean, you know, here we are carrying our gifts and all of those things. If and the the terrain is rough. If there's no grit, you fall. What happens to everything you're carrying? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think it's that sense of it, it's a picture. It's one of the grit is one of those words which is so visual, but we kind of understand it as that kind of perseverance, that stick to itiveness, that gumption, that you know what I mean, that resilience. And we need it for the journey because we are trying to it, it would be wonderful, right? It'd be wonderful if our gifts and us stepping into our purpose was received like some innocent woman stepping out in a debutante ball. It'd be wonderful. It's like, yay, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you are stepping into your calling. And we are, we're really excited for you. And we're not jealous of you. We're not intimidated by you. We're not insecure about you. You, you we're not competing with you. Sadly, this is not a debutant ball. We are not watching Downton Abbey. We are in life. And in life, sexism still exists. Misogyny still exists. Racism still exists. Insecurity still exists. Unfair practices, bad habits still exist. And and um, burnout still exists. Overwork, insecure days, good days and bad days, days when you want to throw in the towel and the rack that it's hanging on. All of those things exist. And because of that reason, you you have to grow your grit. Because that, and like, you know, there's a, there's a moment in the year when I buy the salt in, because I'm like, at some point the snow's coming, 
you know what I mean? We know it's coming. So it's it's not an option of like, do I need grit today? Yes, you need grit. You'll need it for the next four months. Kind of and and I would say in the in our rhythm of our lives, grit is gonna be needed at some point. Yeah. And I love that you use the word grow, that we grow yeah. grit. Yeah, because I think otherwise we're like, oh, I'm just not that kind of person. Right. And, and we are like, oh, she's really courageous. But we, I mean, and we assume that grit is a feeling and we and rather than a practice and the, and the feelings might follow. The feelings of courage might follow. But actually, grit is grit in practice. It's it's you maybe stepping up and doing a talk or something for the first time or sharing something the first time and it going badly and you saying, I'll get better. Right. I'll learn. It's you trying to serve a neighbor and them not being home <laughs> and it not working out and you're like, okay, I'll try tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's saying I'll do this again. It's having had a terrible experience with your giftings and it's a, very, a terrible experience stepping into leadership, fe- fe- dealing with rejection, spiritual abuse and all of these things and saying, you know what? I am traumatized by this. I'm traumatized. I know, I know too many traumatized female leaders who have encountered whether it's on a me too perspective all the way to inequitable pay all the way to whatever uh, ideas being stolen a gritty woman is not one who pretends those things didn't happen a woman with grit is one who's like this has traumatized me and i'm dealing with some serious ptsd i might need i'm going to need to get some help here it might take me a while it might take me a year or two to trust somebody again but those circumstances will not have the last word on my life my leadership my voice my calling, if my redeemer lives, then he is going to lead me. And it's going to, and it may be bloody and painful and there will be tears and it may be tentative. And I may get up a couple of times and I may slip back again, but I'm going to, I, what's the, there's a Japanese proverb, fall down seven times, get up eight. That's the thing. That's what grit is. Right. Yes. Yes. We, we fall down seven times, but grit, we get back up eight and nine and 10 and we keep being back up. We keep getting back up. Yeah. And I think that, I think that growing in your grit is necessary um, no matter what capacity of leadership that we mm. find ourselves in, if we're going to make it, you know, all the way, if we're going to yeah. go all the way, it's that endurance piece. Please speak to the age old trap of comparison, which we've all experienced and why it's important. We don't allow that to trip us up from owning our unique voice. I mean, it's hard. I want to say, first of all, it's hard. It's understandable. It's understandable because we compare because we see things that are celebrated, things that are monetized, things that are popular, and it feels like middle school again. Yeah. Um, and we can we can chastise ourselves and then burn inwardly, and that. But the reality is, the problem is some things are inequitably monetized. Some things are inequitably celebrated. Some types of leader some types of people are named leader and others are described in other ways and so even if the even though we serve an abundant god we often are learning how to lead in context of created scarcity Mm. scarcity of opportunity everybody wants to write a book so how come that one gets a book deal Mm -hmm. am i am i and the scarcity may not be your talent it may be your access to opportunities it may be your 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 talent is isn't scarce and and there's abundance in talent but there's scarce connections and 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 i think i 
And I say that because I, I've, you know, there was a time when I'd be like, okay, okay, ladies, we don't need to compare anything, all that kind of stuff, be who God made you to be. And I thought, yeah, but you can't change what you don't name. And we have to name that there's a reason why the comparison is there. Mm. And sometimes that comparison happened way before you stepped into your leadership because your parents compared you with your perfect sibling and or your teachers compared you with your sibling or someone else in the class and you have always been pitted against one another. You might be comparing because in your profession, there was only room for one woman. There was the woman. And there you were in the interview room and there were three women there and frankly, you're all really good. Frankly, you're all talented. But because, and actually you all should have been employed, but they were used to just needing just enough to not look bad. Mm-hmm. And so it's created scarcity. Um, you know, you may be in a ministry context and you see the same voices and the same faces again and again, and you're wondering if anybody's going to offer a turn and they don't, they don't. And it's like, am I less anointed? Am I less called? And it's like, oh, you walk away from it. And, and it's like, that's a lie. It's honest. I'd love to say you walk away from it. No, that's not what, how it happens. People know people. People know people and, and people default to what's familiar. Um, and I, and I, I'm not trying to do some terrible expose, but I think if we don't name it, we um, won't heal and we won't transform. Mm-hmm. We won't transform it. We won't. And because it's, it's natural then it's natural to imitate particular voices and things that look successful because maybe, yeah, maybe you want to be them, but maybe you want to be them because you've got bills to pay. Do you know what I mean? Right. Maybe you want to do that because you want to be successful because you, you really believe in these words you've written. You've really believed in these stories that you're telling. You really believe in this product that you're preparing um, because you've seen it impact people's lives and you want it to get further. So maybe if you do like that, and the problem is that the, the problem with comparison is it starts telling you that you're not enough or you're too much. And it, and it starts telling you that the end justifies the means. Yeah. And we pay a high, I, I mean, I've paid a high price many a time, many a time, because sometimes you're comparing yourself to the person and it's like, uh, and, and, and you're comparing your body or you're comparing your look, but sometimes you're comparing the, your pathway to theirs. Sometimes, it, and or sometimes you're doing it because you're like, how do I get to this level? Well, this is how they got. So maybe fine, do that. And you don't know that they've got a whole team behind them making that world happen and you're just burning out on an idea. And so it's a very lonely, courageous thing to say, my voice is enough because yeah. God this because you're like but god you gave them all of that and god's like yeah i gave them some of it and some of it's people some of it's we live in a you live in an an, an inequitable world some of it they met the, they you know it's very hard to own your voice but your voice is is what god gave you and we have to assume he knows better and it's and, and you may not feel welcome at that table but he may be giving you tools to build your own table yeah come on that's good and um and I and it's not easy. It's not easy because there you are, and it it looks like it. Sometimes it looks like a sprint for them when it's a marathon for you because you don't know their journey. Sometimes it looks like a sprint because it is one for them and it isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And it's and the challenge then is how do you how do you make sure bitterness doesn't win? Yeah. That's so good. I feel like we could just do a whole separate episode on that. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's a hard one. <laughs> um, because I, I tell you, I have fallen into that trap so many times over the last 
18 years. You know, yeah. And, and it's just, I think that it's, it's just human nature, um, you know, to, and especially I think with the use of, of social media, it's even more in, you know, in our faces. And, and I love that you said, and I just wholeheartedly agree that oftentimes comparison is saying, if I copied what she was doing, then I will be enough. Then I will have more opportunity. Then I'll have more invitation. Then I'll have more influence. And so Oh, I just love that. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll have to do a separate episode on that because that is so good. So good right there. So I'm thinking about the woman listening today that knows God has placed something within her that the world needs. And yet she, you know, she may be attempted to step out in the past, mm-hmm. but she was met with resistance from her community. What would you say to her? Um, first of all, I'd say I'm really sorry that happened, to be honest, because I think we just have to lament. Um, I think it's important to grieve it. Because, uh, I don't know about you, but I, in, my, in, in times of my misspent youth, I didn't realize how much of my responses to alcohol, to men, to partying was all grief. It was, just, it was unresolved, unnamed grief. And there people were wanting me to dress better. <laughs> there people were wanting me to wear a longer skirt to clean up my language and to be an altogether better person rather than ever asking, um, what are you grieving? And I get that. I get that. Um, so I want, and I say that to us because um, before we, we can react to this or we can go on the journey of this. And I think if your community have rejected you, if the leaders and the mentors that you hoped would invest in you have capped you, if you've been used instead of um, released, if you've been tolerated instead of celebrated, there is a grief that comes with that. There is a grief that comes from comparing and seeing somebody else get an opportunity and you not having one. And a grief that comes with watching that for years and for years, whether that's another woman or whether it's your male counterparts. I know many a woman leader who's trained up a man who has been accelerated and then paid a lot more. And I know many a woman who is researching the sermon that a guy preaches. And that, and it's hard. I don't, what's that movie, The Wife? that Glenn Close was in, really poignant. And and she was this really talented author and she helped her husband. And then he won this Nobel Prize for Literature. And it just all comes up. And I don't I don't mean it in the, I, I'm not talking about the time when we willingly support and clap. That's not what I'm talking about in that moment. That is a wonderful thing. And you go for it when you when you want to do that. I'm talking about the times when we know something was not, was off. Um, was not right. And so I want to tell you to grieve it because if you don't grieve it, it will come out (laughs) It comes some way or another. It comes out in your caustic comments. It comes out in your resentments and your guilt and your shame. It comes out in your fear. It comes out in, it floods you. It floods you and it floods your creativity. I think I've realized that um, over this last year more than ever that I've needed to pay it. And that when I look back at my life, and the times when I couldn't be creative, that the grief, the unresolved grief, just it, it's consuming and it demands a voice. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I want to ask you is how will you, how are you grieving? And, and some of you are just living the grief. Do you know I mean? You're just grieving whilst you're still doing it, but how will you process that grief? So do you need to talk spiritual direction, counselor, mentor, um, fellow woman leader who gets it or whatever? You, I want to encourage you to 
find because remember environment helps your voice environment and access so what are the environments and what are the access points that will help you become and 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 bloodlet do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the way I can, I, that can kind of la- that can kind of cut the blister and let it out because and and you might have resisted it because it doesn't feel very Christian and it doesn't very, feel very godly womanly. But grief has an ebb and a flow. It will never. It won't ebb if you don't let the flow. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, so that would be the first thing uh, as uh, as part of and and you know we need some of us need it quite intensely and then it's just an occasional thing. But then I've got to ask you to if. I'm going to ask you again, is this what you feel God's calling you to do? And if, and if the answer is yes, and I say, then you need an environment, um, you need, then here's the thing. The people around you who are doing these things have environment, access, and opportunity. What do you need to do to put yourself in an environment that celebrates and causes you to thrive? Because that'll, again, reignite the creativity. What access? How do you get access to the, to the things, whether it's access to learning, access to networks, and all of that access to and then access to opportunities what can you do to have opportunities because at the end of the day you've got these gifts and actually you're not doing it for your community's acceptance i'm not doing it to be hated obviously because that would be weird you're doing it in response to the king of kings and sometimes it's easier to bless and move on mm. than make your calling trying to persuade someone to believe in you yeah that's so good and that's freeing when yeah. you get to that place. It is like, it's like taking them deep breaths on a Minnesota winter, isn't it? It's like yeah. everything catches you. Yeah, that's so good. So good. So tell us, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you. Um, I know that you have a podcast, you have a great leadership um, program that women can just tap into. And what an incredible, you know, you're talking about environment great environment for women to be a part of. Tell us where we can find you. And I'll put this in the show notes. Too. Yeah. Um, so uh, in terms of on the social medias, it's at Joe Saxton, all the things. Um, then I co-host a podcast called Lead Stories with my friend Steph, um, Steph O'Brien, who is also here in the cities. And she's a pastor and a professor. So we just talk smack about things or deep or whatever comes to our minds on that and then i i um host i i and and i'm continually i'm always looking at what's the way to invest in women leaders what's the vehicle what's the right best way and so currently one of the vehicles is a online coaching platform for christian women who lead some of them are in ministry some of them are in ministry but they're like i'm in ministry but my ministry is an accountant in my in 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 my office or whatever or some are entrepreneurs creatives all that kind of stuff the thing that they are united by i mean they're from different countries different perspectives different political persuasions that what what but the thing that unites them is that they recognize they lead others and they they lead people who are like them and they lead people who are not like them and they want to do it well Mm. um they want to do it well so and they want a safe space to grieve where need be to learn to be inspired to be encouraged and so so it's a combination of things. I do training sessions and I have guest mentors because, you know, we want to learn, you want access. So I, if they're, if I can introduce them to people that they wouldn't normally hear from, then that's a good thing to do. Um, I want to give them access. Um, so we often have guest mentors, men and women who speak into about their chosen field. So we've had a psychologist, we've had writers, authors, nonprofit leaders, different people who, um, serial entrepreneurs, people, uh, people who that they can, 
just and I'm like you ask the questions I'll ask the questions but they're all your words so go for it and then they ask the questions too and then we have community meetings where they connect with one another and so there's normally something happening every week and um but it's all online and then there's a kind of an online space where people kind of write and ask questions of each other things like that so um you can find that on my website it's um joesaxon.com but it all be, always begins with a 30-day free trial just because i want to give people a chance to experience it and um and i and to get in enjoy the community see if it's a fit for them i know we've got there are lots of things that we want to invest our time in and i'm and i'm a, I'm a firm believer that women leaders under invest in their leadership they under but um they under invest in their voice they under you know and they hope that they could if they read enough books they'll be better and they'll grow, but they don't often have the interactive spaces. But I'm aware that that's a, that feels like a risk, which is why we do the 30 day free trial for someone to experience it first. Sure. And so your website, joesaxton.com. And so they can find all, yeah. of, all of the stuff on there. Uh, can they find your books there? I'm sure that they can probably yeah. find your books yeah. on Amazon. They're all, they're all well, yeah. And all the links to Amazon or your independent retailer links are on the website so you can pick whoever you like perfect <laughs> um to order the book from but yes it's got ready to rise dream of you and books i've done in, uh, in earlier iterations okay uh and just really quick i know that uh, as i introduced in the in the bio that you are a speaker are you speaking anywhere soon that someone might be able to catch you there you know the weird thing my speaking life is very virtual right now um, yeah. very few physical events and and the weird the other weird thing about them is that they are the time you record them is not always the time it's going out so sure. i i'm not my honest answer is i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure because <laughs> i just don't know when these things are happening anymore right, right. early december and two things that aren't going to be used until mid-february and i and i keep on them like oh you know i, I i'm slightly lo- i'm basically i'm confused I'm confused. That's the issue, Susan. I'm just confused. So, but on the website, it gives a list of events and it'll say, oh, awesome. and then you can kind of key into the virtual things there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for giving your time today and just speaking into our lives. It's been such an honor to host you. And like I said, I feel like there's so many other separate episodes that we could have that dive into those specific areas. But ladies, I just really hope that go ahead and uh, check Joe out and the resources that she has that will help empower and equip you in your leadership capacity. I know that this episode will will just be an encouragement to you. And I have a feeling that you'll want to return and listen to it again, or even parts of it. So thank you so much for joining us. We're glad that you uh, tuned in. Again, it was an honor to host you. Remember that you are fully seen, you are fully heard, you are fully loved right now. And uh, we believe in you, we're believing for you. Stay healthy, and I will catch you next time. Isn't she amazing? I mean, come on. I felt like I could have talked to Joe for hours. Uh, I, I hated to stop the recording. It was so good. I felt like we were just getting started. And am I right? If you don't know who she is, 
you want to know her more, right? You want um, you want to glean more from her. You want to you just want more of Joe in your life. She's amazing. So, like I said at the beginning of this week's episode, I'm giving away two copies of her latest book, Ready to Rise. And this is how it works. This is how the giveaway is going to work. Leave a review for the She Connects podcast. Take a screenshot of your review and tag me on the socials along with one thing that you are walking away with from this week's conversation with Joe. Let me repeat that. Leave a review for the She Connects podcast. Take a screenshot of your review and tag me on the socials along with one thing that just really stood out to you and you are walking away with from my conversation this week with Joe. You can find me uh, on Facebook or Instagram, just easy peasy my name. That's my social media handle, Susan Vandenhuvel. Um, pretty straightforward, easy peasy. The contest starts today, February 3rd. It is open for one week only until Wednesday, February 10th. And then we will draw two lucky winners. And if your name is drawn, we will reach out to you. So good luck. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.